All right, and welcome to this special series of Realtor Fight Club called What Would You Do? This is a weekly series on Wednesday where we talk about different cases and scenarios for the Ethics and Professional Standards Committee, and we talk about what would you do? So here our guest is Rachel Real of Rachel Real Real Estate in Chicago. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Jen. How are you? Great. How are you? All right. Good. All right. So you got, so what we'll do is Rachel read the case and the code of ethics standard, and we'll talk about it and then we'll decide if we were right. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about today is article one. So the, or the, the proper, the, the case we're going to talk about is listing property at an excessive price, which is, it can be a violation of article one standard of practice one dash three. So to recap, article one says, when representing a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other client as an agent, realtors pledge themselves to protect and promote the interests of their client. This obligation to the client is primary, but it does not relieve realtors of their obligation to treat all parties honestly. When serving a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other party in a non-agency capacity, realtors remain obligated to treat all parties honestly. If you look at standard of practice 1-3, which falls under article one, that says that realtors in attempting to secure a listing shall not deliberately mislead the owner as to market value. Mm. Gee, we've talked about this. this. This is, have you ever encountered this, Jen? Have you ever had to come in as cleanup? <laughs> no, as cleanup for somebody who has uh, another agent who has overpriced oh, yeah. a listing in order to get it? So many times. Yeah. So many times, right. Buying the and list. If, buying the listing. I, it needs to stop. I can think of two agents right now that I just follow around. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and I think we all have, you know, a couple in our market where we do clean up an aisle seven after the listing expires. Right. Okay. So we're going to discuss uh, this particular case okay. that talks about exactly the situation and see whether or not we think they were in violation of article one. Okay. Mr. A was about to retire and move to a warmer climate and dis- oh, had discussed right. this. I know I want to be, I want to be Mr. A right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold here, although it's 50 something today. So I'm not going to complain. So Mr. A was about to retire and move to a warmer climate and had discussed the sale of his home with a number of brokers. He dropped in on Realtor B to discuss the matter and said that various brokers had told him he should expect to sell the property from 150 to 158. Well, that sounds low to me, said Realtor B. Property moves well in that neighborhood, and I recall that your house is in good shape and well landscaped. Give us an exclusive on it at 168, and we'll make a strong effort to get you what your property is really worth. Realtor B got the listing. He advertised the property, held it open on weekends, had many inquiries about it, and showed numerous prospective buyers through it for a few weeks, but received no offers. When activity slowed and the client became concerned, Realtor B was reassuring. We'll just keep plugging till the right buyer comes along, he said. When the 90-day exclusive expired, Realtor B asked for a renewal. He told the client that new houses coming on the market were adversely affecting the market on resales of existing houses and recommended lowering the price to 158.9. Don't even get me started. Client A ruefully agreed, but the lowered price did not materially increase buyer interest in the property. As the term of the 90-day extension of the listing neared, Realtor B bought Client A an offer of 150. Remember that the original price that somebody else told him was 150 to 158. Yep. So client A, so Realtor B bought Client A an offer of 150 and strongly recommended that it be accepted but the client objected. Well, you told me it was worth about 168 and sooner or later, the right buyer would pay that price. 
Meanwhile, similar houses in the neighborhood have been selling within 30 to 60 days at around 156,000. I know, Realtor B said, but six months ago, we had a stronger market and we're at the most favorable time of the year and 168 was not an out of line price at that time. But now we're in the slow time of the year and the market is off. All things considered, I think the $150,000 offer in hand is a good one. I doubt that a better one will come along. Insane, Rachel. I know. Client A accepted the offer and and complained against Realtor B to the local board of realtors, charging Realtor B with misinforming him as to fair market value, apparently as a means of obtaining the listing. Mm, Do I want to ask your thoughts or do I not? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Like, yes. Well, and when you look back at the case of this, you know, after the first couple of weeks, um, you know, the, the, so, so he went on, he had many, many inquiries, showed numerous buyers, received no offers, right? held it open on the weekends. That's your first indication that the price is wrong. Right. So let's just like, I don't know, I think in a general, from a standpoint, if you're interviewing, let's say a handful of people and all of them, but one is giving you the exact same price, I think mm-hmm. logic should kick in one. Right. But you let's- have to remember, we're not dealing with logical people. I know all most of the time we are not well you're dealing with people that have an emotional attachment to their house and everyone always thinks it's worth more than it is true that and I think realtors are probably very much in the same boat I agree the other thing is I mean I can't tell you the number of times when I mean the same thing has happened where like somebody says that they can get more and then I'm like okay what what was the evidence what did they right. show you that I didn't, that I didn't pull up? Cause yeah, of course, look, uh, comparable. Hey, I, right. I look at that and go, Hey, here's an opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? Did they, sh- did I miss something? Cause if I miss something, I want you to bring it on. Let's talk about possible. it. It's so possible. And, and it's right. happened before. Okay. And I have right. whatever, but then if there's no evidence, then it's like, well, what, what is going to be, how are they going to get more than the value for the property? Right. You know? Right tried and walked in on logic. And if they're still going to go with that person, then it's like, okay, but can we make a deal? If they ask you to reduce the price, will you have a thing in there where you can cancel the contract? Because if they can actually get you that price, I hope they do. Right. Absolutely. But if they, if they want you to lower it, that means they could not do it. And then you will have known, I told you the truth. Absolutely. That. And if, if they've asked you, you know, if, if, if at this point it's already too late because if they're already under a listing agreement, you can't interfere with that. However, if you're sitting there and you're interviewing somebody and you're, and they're saying, Hey, I think I can get you this, but Hey, in two weeks, if that's not the right price, you got to promise to reduce it. Yeah. Newsflash. That's, that's, that's buying the listing and ensuring that you're dropping that price within a two week period. Right. Exactly. Now, now we can't predict the market. So like, no, it could have happened that it was, a good market. And then six months later, it was a totally different market. I mean, that can happen. That price is not that much different. I mean, right. Right. It was what? 10%. Right. It was the original agent said 150 to 158. And this other agent came in and said, I can get you 168. Yeah. So 10,000. Right. Right. And I guess at that price point, that's, that's, that's enough that you lose people. You know, at this, I mean, we see even every day that if something's two or 3000 overpriced, it can be the difference of getting somebody in the door. Well, now it is, it didn't used to be like yeah, that, right. but now the right. negotiation room is nothing, you know, is, is, it, is right. It's slim to none. Yeah. And even when it was more of like a buyer's market, it was still like 
only a couple of percentage points. They don't, most buyers these days don't want to negotiate that strongly on price. Right, right. Well, they know right now in this market, you, there's no negotiating. There's really right. no room at all. You're lucky if, if you're the first one in the door, consider yourself lucky. You yeah. Know? But yeah, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any of us look good when somebody is out there in the market making it you know, coming off like that they're, that they're the only ones that can get you X amount higher. I've been known to meet up with sellers and say, if I'm the third person in the door, what was the lowest, you know, is, is this the lowest one? Take the lowest one, take the lowest estimate, because that's the most, that's the most likely one that's going to be most accurate. Right. Exactly. Don't fall into the, don't fall into the pit of of, of the, you know, of the highest price. No. And and typically I'll, I'll sit down with sellers and say, we're not even going to talk about that because you should not be picking an agent based on who gives you the the market value that you like. It's the market value is the market. We don't make it up because if we We don't make it up a lot higher. (laughs) Exactly. It's like pick the market is what it is. And we will, we can look at it together and decide because more brains are better than just one. Right. So like we can absolutely together. But yeah, pick the realtor based on, anyway. Yes. No, you you don't, you don't buy a listing. It's why our reputation suffers, you know, from time to time, because things like this happen and it, that needs to not happen anymore. Agreed. Yes. Okay. So let's see what the hearing panel said. Okay. So at the hearing, the facts as set out above were not disputed. Okay. Questioning developed the additional fact that at the time, the original listing at the time of the original listing, Realtor B had not gone through the house to make a systematic appraisal of opinion of value and that his recommended offering price was not based on a systematic review of sales in the neighborhood. Members of the hearing panel pointed out that the neighborhood in question was a development of houses, basically the same in size and quality that had been put on the market about 10 years ago at prices, uh, 10 years earlier at prices varying from 145 to 150. Mm-hmm. that good location and land development prices had maintained a good market for resales, but there was no indication that any property in the immediate neighborhood had been resold for as high as 160. Mm. When told that circumstances tended to bear out the complainant's charge that Realtor B's recommended price was a stratagem to obtain the listing, Realtor B's defense was that he felt that he had a right to take an optimistic view of the market. <laughs> Don't even. It was concluded that Realtor B was in violation of Article One of the Code defense. of Ethics. Like, right. Look, I'm optimistic. That was a really right. That was a really bad defense. Is that the same um, as an insanity plea? Right. <laughs> I think it might be. So, I mean, in, in in reading through the findings too, this almost looks like I, the way I'm reading this is that this was a subdivision that was only about ten years old, where you've got four of you know four different models of houses. There really isn't a whole lot of room for. Right. You know, you're not they looking at a, a neighborhood where things are, are varied in terms of size, right. cost, you know, finishes, prices. This is a subdivision where it's about as good as you can get when it comes to comparables and, right. and being and being able to be accurate. Yeah. There's no way if, if you're in a subdivision where things had all sold for between 150 to 158 that you're getting 168. No, not happening. There's nothing to back that up. Mm-mm. Additionally, too, when I have that conversation with sellers, it's like, hey, you know, we're going to look at this from the point of view of an appraiser. Yeah. So when your buyer comes in here, their, their lender is going to order an appraisal. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, if, if they don't have the data to support this price yeah. and they're looking at the same data that we're looking at, they don't have right. it. We're going to lose our footing and we're going to have to renegotiate price now yeah. from a really crummy spot. Right. Right now you hold the cards to be able to put this and position it correctly. Right. You lose those. You're losing, you're losing exactly. some footing. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Oh my gosh. That's yes. hilarious. So that. Isn't it? And he never went through the house. I mean, 
even if he didn't go through the house, he still could have come up with the right price. It sounds like it, it sounds like it's it's, it's, it's entirely possible. Right? It's not difficult. I don't think, and maybe this is we should have a fight club about this. Like, do you have to go through the property to estimate the value? You know. Yeah, you know what I. As much as I'd like to say no, yes, you have to. Oh, you're not going to be the tiebreaker on that one. <laughs> already eliminated (laughs) because think about how many times people tell you their house is just it's it's awesome it's beautiful it's super clean it's this this, that and you get in there and you go was I talk was I on the phone with the same person because I don't know I don't know about you but this is not clean this is not updated this is not anything you mean the cat pee smell isn't clean no no it's not no (laughs) and and you have to you have to be able to smell a house to price it appropriately I'm sticking with that you're right you must have to see I am right when it becomes scratch and sniff, that'll be like the whole new- then it that then we'll redock about it. But it's not scratch and sniff, and until it becomes scratch and sniff, we have to go in. That would be. I'm not even gonna wear it. Okay, <laughs> oh, Rachel. If people have a referral in Chicago, how can they get hold of you? The best way to reach me is my cell phone at six three zero five four two eight six eight eight, or on Facebook at Rachel Real Estate. Perfect. I love it. All right. Again, it was such a pleasure. Sounds good. Thanks, Jen. You bet.